0: Everyone, how are you going? It's Pastor Rod here in Tokyo, Japan. We're doing a new series for this month. It's called "Love Your Neighbor." Yay! We are believers in Jesus. Our hearts been changed. Our lives been changed. Our future's been changed. And God says, loving God and loving neighbor, our neighbor is what it's all about. I remember as a young Christian, I I saw an outstanding situation of of, of someone helping someone else. I was in. Um, Southeast Asia in a country, and um, I was with two young people who were married. Uh, I'm going to call them John and Jenny. That's not their real names. They're from a a country that, if you become a believer in Jesus, you're probably going to be killed. Anyway, this young couple—they love the Lord, and I and I said to them, "What's your story? Like, wow, you guys love Jesus and come from a different faith, and and what happened?" And they told me the story that they. Mm-hmm. They they just had to believe in Jesus and and uh, uh, the person who was telling them about Jesus uh, was was sharing the Bible with them and they were excited and they said but you don't understand what it means to to be a believer in our culture and 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 the man was sharing Jesus with them said I will help you if you need and they they made a decision for Jesus and um, they lost their 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 home their 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 furniture their clothes. Um, well, not well, they had the clothes on, but um, they had to walk out without anything else. And um, the man who was leading them to Jesus said, "I'll help you. I'll give you that, and I'm, I'm going to help you here." And finally, he had to help them with some accommodation as well, and help them with a the job. They'd lost everything, and this young couple, John and Jenny, were just so thankful for this good neighbor, for this good Samaritan who really intervened and helped them. And this young couple said, we want to serve the Lord. We want to serve Jesus. We want to love Jesus all of our life. And, and let me tell you that that's a big story. That's a big story of help. And it's like, whoa. And Jesus told a big story too. It's called the parable of the good Samaritan. And it's a famous one. In fact, I believe every Christian should read this every year. It's from Luke chapter t- uh. 10 and it's just an amazing story and I want to tell you that although this is a big story there's parts of this story that you and I can plug into with our gifts and our passion. I believe this story is about all of us together and here we go. You ready? We're going to read the story. Luke ten twenty five. On one occasion an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus wow I wouldn't want to be this guy testing Jesus that would be a, uh, a pretty bad thing to do and uh, teacher he asked what must I do to inherit eternal life and he was he was not a good guy it says he was up there to test Jesus I mean if you said to God God what must I do to in- inherit eternal life with a good heart Then it's a good it's a good question but this guy was really trying to prove himself to maybe some other religious people or, or big note himself or, Jesus, um, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, what's written in the law? How do you read it? How do you read the Bible, the Old Testament? And he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus was pretty shocked. He, he said, You've answered correctly. Like, you, you, you did good. That's really good. That's a great, great answer. And I'm sure all the people around would have been clapping and the, the the teacher of the Lord got it right in front of Jesus. It's amazing. But then Jesus said these words, do it and you'll live. <laughs> and this is the challenging part of loving your neighbor, friends. It's not about knowing what we should do. Loving our neighbor is doing it. And, and this is the challenge of this parable. And it's a challenge... Of our Christian lives is, is is how do I love my neighbor but he wanted to justify himself so he asked Jesus another question and um, who is my neighbor and Jesus answered by telling a parable you ready it's in verse 30 in reply Jesus said this is a story a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho probably about 40 kilometers through the desert area and he was attacked by robbers they stripped him of his clothes beat him and went away leaving him half dead okay man beaten up a priest verse 31 a priest happened to be going down the same road now this is a really interesting word happened to be going the word happened is the word by chance in other words jesus is saying oh fortunately a a a christian leader or a, a jewish leader is coming down the road it's like what what good luck is this and when he saw the man he passed on the other side of the road. The the priest, really? Is this the story Jesus is telling? Verse 32. So to a a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Now, this is a really surprising turn already happening in the story because these are pictures of people like us who who love God, who who say we, we read the Bible, but when there was a need, they pastor on the other side of the road. Okay, so surely there's going to be a turn in the story, right? Well, here it comes. You ready? Verse 33. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was. And when he saw him, did he go to the other side? No, it says he took pity on him. You know, Jesus loves to shock. And I don't mean that just because of, he's not trying to shock because he likes to shock. He wants to shock so we think He wants us to think so that we react. He wants us to react so that we actually live lives of purpose, right? So the concept of God shocking us or challenging us is always for a better future for us and people around us. So when Jesus says the Samaritan comes past, all of a sudden the people listening said, we don't want to hear this story anymore because it's now about this guy called a Samaritan. The Samaritans were a people group. They weren't bad. They were just very, very different than the Jewish people. In fact, the Samaritans believed the, the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They read that. They, they had faith in one God to some degree. They were similar to the Jews, but they were perceived as outsiders. So when Jesus said, hey, I'm going to tell you there's a, there's a hero coming in the story. He's a Samaritan. It would have been a, an absolute shock. And, and the Samaritan, it says, took pity on him. It's the first thing. The concept of, 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 of um, a gut-level feeling to help somebody. This is the, the first part of loving our neighbor is feeling something, is is seeing a need and, and wanting to do something about it. Now, I don't think pity means he said, oh, poor man, I have pity on you. It's not that sort of concept. It's, it's the concept of, well, what's going to happen then? What's going to happen next when we see the need, in verse 34, And he went to him and he bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. And he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took t- took out two denarii, two, two expensive coins, and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Whoa, this, this is... Uh, this is a big cost. This, this, guy, this guy did a lot of things. We're going to come back to that in a moment. But this, this, is, this is a big story, right? This is a big story of what he did, the Samaritan did for the beaten up guy. And Jesus finishes his story by saying to the, to the guy testing him, which of these three, the, the priest, the Levite, who walked on the other side, or the Samaritan, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers. And the expert of the law replied, oh, the one who have mercy on him. <laughs> he didn't want, to, didn't want to answer it. But he, I mean, it's such an obvious story. He, he had to say it was the Samaritan, was the neighbor, the one who had mercy. He couldn't even use the word Samaritan there. And Jesus said, well, go and do likewise. And once again, Jesus comes and says, well, you might get the answer right, but are you doing it? And this is the challenge Of loving people and loving our neighbor and and i i I looked at this story very very intently and i thought well i saw that you know with john and jenny that young couple and the that that was came out of another faith and, and and someone helped them with all areas and and this story the samaritan and there's so there's so many there's so many things here and and jesus said go and do likewise like do i have to do all of it do i what what if, what if I meet another person tomorrow and the next day? Do I keep having? Can I do it once? Can I just do it once? Like, is does that prove it? Or this is very challenging, friends. And I want you to understand the Holy Spirit wants us to understand the the bigness of this story. What do I have to do to be a good neighbor? And I, I just want to want to tell you that there's there's seven things that this that this Samaritan did. And I think all seven of them are quite big gifts in our life. Not, not the same. So what, what did the Samaritan do? Number one, he, he had compassion and he went over to that side of the road. He went into the guy's territory. The guy would have been dirty, maybe bleeding. Um, uh, maybe he's dead. I mean, what do I do with a dead body? I mean, it's crossing over and showing compassion is an investment. It's an involvement. Number two, he had a first responder gift. He, he 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 knelt down and he he um he said, "I'm going to help you, sir. I'm going to help you. I'm here for you. I'm here." You know that a lot of time in when people are hurting, the greatest thing you can do is just be there. Like as a pastor, sometimes I've been in in hospitals with someone very sick, and and, and there's not a lot you can say, but but you were there, and and afterwards the family said. Thank you for being there, or the person recovers and says, "Thank you for being there." You see, just presence, just a presence, and to pray and to to say, "Can I help you?" And I'm here for you, and you're not alone. Is actually part of the gifting that we see here with loving our neighbour. Number three was he shared he shared his food and drink. He shared his oil and wine. He 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 shared his personal stuff. Took him off his donkey and tried to clean the wound. Well, I guess with oil. And then with wine, which probably had some medicine effect, at least to to help. And, and so he's sharing his own resource. He's sharing his oil. Have some of my oil. Have some of my uh, wine. Have some of my um, food. Have some of my stuff. This is this is open for you too. And I think that even in the world today, we're doing lots of crisis appeals for people in countries where there's been ravaged by the pandemic or by war. Um, recently again, we've given to the country of Afghanistan and, and the concept of, well, I, I could do something. I, I can't go there. I, I can't be in the presence of those people, but I could give something and I could share. The fourth thing is, is he lifts the man on his donkey. And I thought about this and thought, well, if it was a, uh, a very small person trying to lift a very heavy person, it would be very difficult. So this Samaritan had strength. He had physical strength and sometimes just helping people with physical strength, helping repair something or build something or or carry something or or help people move house or using physical strength. Number five is he put him on his donkey, took him down. It was his transportation system. Be like today using a vehicle, a car, a van. Uh, We'll help you move. We'll help you do this using my transportation for my neighbor. Put him in an inn and it was an accommodation issue. He he helped him to get housing, to get a roof over his head, helping organize, helping administer, helping the man get into a place of care. And lastly, he said to the guy, uh, the owner of the hotel, he said, I'm coming back. I'm coming back and I'm going to check out how he is. And, and there's the gift of what we call aftercare. Like I'm coming back and how are you going now? And how is that? And we're going to pray for you again. And, and although that's a lot of stuff, it's like seven different things. Seven different gifts. And as I think about this story, I think who is the Good Samaritan? And number one is Jesus. Come on, give Jesus a big hand. It's Jesus. Jesus does all those things for us. He He blesses us. He cares. He's, you, you get the picture. And I thought, well, as I said before, well, what if what if I help today? I could maybe do that today. But what if it happened tomorrow and the next day? And I've got work. I've got family. I've got I've got to make a living. How How do we do all this? And and the answer is that we get around a team. And friends, I want to tell you that Lifehouse is a great team on our campuses and all our communities and our our connect groups and our dream teams. And being part of a team means that I share the responsibility. I share. You see, out of that list, there'd be some there that I'd say, yeah, I could do that one. And I could do that one on a regular basis. In fact, I'm actually quite passionate about some of those. I I would love to actually be part of that one and, and that one. And and if I'm not so good at one other, one other, it doesn't matter because I'm part of a team. And with, with connect groups, I've always loved to be part of a, a connect group because I've seen the giftings. Um, you know, my, my gifting might be to be more welcoming people but I've noticed in, in the aftercare, there are other people better than me, the, the, the long-term discussers and carers and people that say, oh, I should spend more time with you praying and someone, someone's a bit more generous over here and someone loves to bring food and someone loves. And, and so the whole concept of, of a, a team or a family group is that we all become the Good Samaritan, friends. We all corporately become the Good Samaritan. But the key is that I do my part. The key is I say, I can't do everything, but I must do something. This is the really key to Love Your Neighbour, I believe, is this whole concept. You know, I can't do everything, but I must do something. Come on, let me say it again. Friends, I, in this whole list, in this whole story, on a regular recurring basis, I can't do everything, but I must do something. And the something is what I'm meant to do. The, the, the area that I'm actually meant to do it. As a very young Christian, I I love going to Connect Group in Sydney, and um, and I started a Connect Group after a while with uh, from from the church in the church. Uh, I had two 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 ladies uh, to help me. It was a mixed uh, group, and um, back then uh, the the three of us said we're going to start a group in this really difficult area of Sydney. In that area, there was lots of people uh, who had lots of alcohol problems and drug problems. It was one of those sort of areas, and we said, well. We want to start right here, and um, I remember getting with the, the two girls, and uh, I actually still remember their names. Um, and uh, I said, well, w- "What could we each do?" And they said, "Well, we you know, use my apartment." One one of the girls said, "Use my apartment." Another one said, "Well, I'm really good at at um, um, invitation. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and I'm gonna invite people who are not part of any Connect group. I'm gonna I'm gonna find them and invite them." And I said, "Well, my my." I'm going, to, I'm going to help lead it and teach it and um, be be the welcomer, and so the three of us started this connect group. And the first week there was there was three of us. The next week there was about ten of us, because everybody had a different gift and a different skill, and we we, we worked together. And, and then within a month there was about thirty of us. So really, it was just crazy and nuts. And there was all sorts of people in that connect group. There were people dressed in suits and tie from work and people who were really at the top of their game in business. And one guy was buying satellites. That was his job. And and then there was other people coming in who were very affected by drugs and by by other stuff in life. And there were people coming in. and It was just crazy, but it was full of life because not just three of us, but then there was five of us who used our gift. And then there was seven of us who used our gift. And, and we kept talking how we can use our gift together. We could be a good neighbor to many of these people that came in. And out of that group, out of that group, we, we birthed it into two and then three groups. And we had many groups. And um, But out of that group, the lives that were impacted was amazing. And many people become great business people out of that group. Many of them were challenged, but after a year or two in that group, they'd built such strength and, and uh, people uh, did great things and, and others became pastors out of that group. And um, a couple of people in the group since then have died, have passed away, but they lived great lives for Jesus. And, and so everything happens in a group, right? The whole lot happens in a, in a group over time. But the thing I want to say is that we loved our neighbor not by doing everything because we can't do everything but we must do something. In our our grow course here at Lifehouse, you can do a a study of seven motivational gifts and also your temperament uh, profile, what sort of a personality, and it's going to help you to know where you're gifted and where you're not so much gifted. You see, I think a big part of loving your neighbor is working out who you are and what you love to do, and then do it, and keep doing it, and keep doing it. I have met people who have got all these gifts. Some people I got way more than me, but I realized that it's not about competition. It's about what could I do to be part of the team to love other people? Now, of course, sometimes we've got to do it by ourselves. But what I'm saying is on a continual basis, let's do great things for God. I believe the local church is the key. And I want to finish with a scripture here. Um, from what I've just said, the, the whole concept of of, of being believers, of loving God, with our, all our heart and loving our neighbor, is that God is good and gives us the gifts that we need to fulfill. It says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, "For we are God's handicraft, created in christ jesus to do good works which god prepared in advance for us to do so even before god created the world he created in his mind and heart he created he's created he created or, or imagines you and me and the gifts and the personality to meet that need to to help that neighbor to love that neighbor to help that neighbor to to love god and help those neighbors. Now now this word handicraft, we are God's handicraft, is actually the original language is the word poem. A poem like a like a rap or a, a story and song or God sings over our lives, you're gonna do this and you're gonna be great at that. You can do that and can you imagine this? And you can help this person do this. And if you wanted to, you could help that person do this. Because this is the way God put us together to care and to love. And friends, I want to tell you. That as we use our gift, no matter what it is, to love our neighbor, they are blessed. And guess what? We are blessed too. Because we're we're operating in our gift. We're operating in destiny. We're saying, thank you, God, you would use me. And so I think a big part of our our lives is discovery and using. Discovery and using. I want to finish by saying this. that um, There's a saying that there's two big days in your life. One is your birthday and one is the day when you find your reason for living. One is your birthday and the second one is when you realize why you're in the planet. It's called destiny. It's called discovery. It's called satisfaction that when we know well we're in the planet and we start using our gifts and seeing what God will do, things change. C.T. Stud was a, um, uh, this is my final quote here, it was a, a famous cricketer from England. I know some of you don't know what cricket is, but it's a game like baseball. And uh, last, last century or a, a long time ago, and he, and he, and he gave all that up to, to go and serve the Lord in China and India and Africa. Uh, he started a, a group called WEC, uh, missions group. And he said these words, it really, it really impacted me. He said this, only one life will soon be passed only what's done for christ will last let me say it again and i'm finished only one life will soon be passed only what's done for christ and for our neighbor will last friends i want to pray right now let's pray thank you lord that you've created us with design with a great future and i pray we'd be filled today with a passion to love you and love other people with our gift with our passion and no lord we can We can discover and we can grow and we can increase and be part of a team and use our gift to love our neighbor as we love ourselves and i pray there'd be a release in this month of november getting ready towards christmas a release of loving people reaching out to people using our online skills and our finance and and prayer and um Whatever it is, Lord, we're going to say, Lord, use me again. Lord, help me reach someone again. Help me to use my gift to bless people again. There'd be a passion. As we move towards Christmas, I pray many people are going to hear about your love and about how Christians want to love their neighbors. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give God a big praise. Maybe. Hearing this, you want to say, I want to know this God who created me. His name is Jesus. He died and rose again for you after three days. Now, I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, if you want to receive Him or come back to Him, I'm going to pray for you. You ready? Would you like to know Jesus? Have your sins forgiven, the grace of God, destiny of God on your life? Here we go. One, two, three. Lord, I pray for these people who are opening their hearts or coming back to you right now, Lord, you would forgive them, love them, fill them with passion and desire for the future. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give God a big praise. And friends, we do have connect groups and dream teams to be part of the church team. God bless you.